Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 37 of Impact Boom. My name's Tom Allen. I'm the director of Seven Positive, and I'm passionate about bringing you the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today, we're speaking with Danielle Duell. Throughout her career as an entrepreneur, a CEO, company director, and consultant, Danielle has worked across a range of industries, including education, energy, tourism, arts, water, hospitality, events, construction, farming, conservation, retailing, medical research, and corporate governance. Danielle was co-founder of River Life Adventure Center. She completed an MBA at QUT in 2009 with concentrations in strategy and entrepreneurship and won a scholarship to Harvard Business School to participate in the Women's Leadership Forum, Innovation Strategies for a Changing World in 2011. From 2010 to 2014, Danielle worked as the inaugural CEO of Graham Screw Turner's diverse portfolio of private companies, including luxury accommodation group Spices Retreats. Danielle has held numerous board and committee roles for organisations such as Tourism and Events Queensland and the Queensland Government's Red Tape Reduction Advisory Council. She currently serves on the board of the Queensland Music Festival. Danielle is an adjunct professor at the University of Queensland Business School. She's also the founder of Australian Harvard Women, a business network and series of events for Australian women who have studied at Harvard Business School. Her primary business role is as founder and CEO of People With Purpose, a company whose purpose is to equip business to improve the world. In this capacity, Danielle and her team work with CEOs, executive teams, and boards to develop and implement purpose-led strategy, transformation, innovation, projects, communications, and events. So on today's podcast, we'll discuss Danielle's diverse experience in work and purpose-led leadership. We'll find out about some of the work Danielle is involved in to create positive social impact, and we're sure to get some valuable insights into strategy and innovation in corporate environments. Danielle, thanks very much for joining us. Thanks, Tom. It's great to be with you today. Danielle, to kick things off, could you please share a little bit about your background and what led you to working with company executives and boards to develop purpose-led strategies? Yes, certainly. I think I've always been curious and hardworking and found joy in learning, mastering and connecting. I later learned in life that in through Howard Gardner's book, Five Minds for the Future, that I have a synthesizing mind. I had no idea what I wanted to do when I finished school, mm. largely because I found joy in almost everything that I applied myself to. Now, over the past 20 or so years, I've had an interesting career and that's a story in itself. But as you mentioned in the intro, I won a scholarship to Harvard in 2011. And whilst I was there, I sat in Michael Porter's office until he had time to come out and meet me. I'd been quite influenced by his strategy work when I did Mm. my MBA. And I had the chance to meet with Michael Porter. And later that year, he published a paper with Mark Kramer called Creating Shared Value. Mm. 
Now, that article deeply resonated with me. The idea that business can create economic value in ways that also create value for society was something that I passionately believed in and had tried to exercise throughout my career, but finally someone had put it into words that made it clear for everyone. Mm. Uh, I shared that article with everyone I came in contact with, all my exec team, kept it in my top drawer and, and pulled it out, you know, whenever I could. When I created People With Purpose in 2014, I asked myself, how do I best apply my time and talents over the next decades to create meaningful impact? I have a quote in my office that, that says, how can I serve the most people? Mm-hmm. And that's sort of top of mind. Yeah. And in creating that business, I asked myself, who has the resources to solve the world's problems? Is it government? Is it the not-for-profit industry? Is it individuals? And of course, all of those uh, parties can make some difference. But I realized that business is the most powerful lever. Mm. And so that's where I wanted to apply my talents and time. So hence the purpose of our business is to equip business to improve the world. Mm. It's a really interesting background. Danielle, you recently wrote an article on LinkedIn about why defining your why is the most important statement your business can make. And you unpacked the difference between a business purpose and mission. So could you please share your thoughts and insights about what you wrote about? Yes, certainly. That article was inspired by some purpose-led strategy and transformation work that we were doing with an energy wholesaler in Australia. We'd been working with their exec team for a few months and were ready to share our progress with the board. Part of that work involved helping the organisation develop a purpose. Previously, they'd only had a mission statement that in brief terms pretty much said, maximise shareholder value Mm. and make sure no one gets hurt. Now, their chairman challenged me in the board meeting about the difference between mission and purpose and why it mattered. And it's true that many organisations still use those terms interchangeably. Uh, But we define purpose as being a statement that describes why the organisation exists. Mm. Whereas a mission is more of a statement that describes what we do, for whom and how. Uh, The other term that people often use interchangeably with either mission or purpose is vision. Mm. Um, Now, they're not the same thing. In our opinion, a vision is a picture in words of what fulfilling your organisational purpose looks like that can capture the imaginations of your various stakeholders. So the purpose is why we exist. The vision is a picture in words of what fulfilling that purpose looks like. And the mission is a statement that describes what we do, for whom and how. Mm -hmm. It's a nice, succinct summary, Danielle. So how have you seen the corporate sector shift in recent years and what are the typical challenges that you see corporate leaders coming up against? Well, that's a great question. The senior executives and boards that we work with are concerned about the threat of declining market share. They're concerned about the examples of disruption that they're seeing around themselves. Mm. They're actually quite overwhelmed by the volume of opportunities and technologies It's not all about threats. There's so much opportunity to choose from. And they're trying to make sense of which ones are relevant to their business. They're also aware that they're no longer the smartest people in the room, as Mm. was the case 20, 30 years ago quite often. Now they need to be good at harnessing the contributions of the smartest people in the room and the smartest data in the room and the smartest people and data outside of the room. They have to find new ways to collaborate and create. They, they want to increase employee engagement. They, 
They want to attract and retain the best talent. They're afraid of failing. They're afraid of becoming irrelevant. They want more certainty and they're under a lot of pressure. At the same time, many of the leaders that we work with are in their 50s and 60s and they're starting to look back over their career and they're thinking there's got to be a bit more than this. They're thinking about legacy. They're inspired by younger people who are creating positive social change. They want to be one of the good guys or girls and they're looking for ways to make an impact. Uh, Ernst and Young put together a paper a little while ago called The Business Case for Purpose. And interestingly, in that paper, they found that as many as 90% of leaders recognize the benefits of purpose hmm. in business, including its ability to increase employee engagement, increase customer loyalty, and improve an organization's ability to transform. However, what was really interesting was at the same time, only 46% of those executives said that mm. their purpose actually informs the strategy and operations of their organization. Yeah. So as you can see, there's this huge knowing and doing gap. And I guess that's what we do in our business. We help them to bridge that gap. Yeah. And it, it all starts with having a purpose in the first place. Yeah, fantastic. So how might we shift corporate mindsets then from one which may prioritize economic return and shareholder value to one which recognizes the social and environmental challenges we're facing and behaves in a way that creates shared value for our communities? Yeah, it's a great question. It's how do we affect change? Mm. Now, there's a lot of drivers for change. The future workforce of corporate mindsets is creating some of that change. Uh, the future customers are also dictating it for them in, mm. in the brands that they choose to support or yep. boycott. In some cases, um, the leaders of these organisations are feeling pressure from their own children. Mm. You know, I've had examples of our clients mention that to me. Yep. I was fortunate to attend the Global Shared Leadership Summit in New York earlier this year um, with Michael Porter and Mark Kramer. And... It was made very clear by Michael Porter that shared value is a competitive strategy. It's capitalism done well. Having a purpose is not an excuse to be inefficient. It's about doing capitalism better. And, and so we try to help leaders understand that it's not a contest between social value and business value. It's a synergy. And it's great to see examples of businesses thriving that are using this approach. You know, well-known companies like Nestle and Novo yep. Nordisk and Chevron, CMEX, NL. Here in Australia, there's companies like IAG, National Australia Bank and NRMA leading the way. So it's also great to have case studies of big companies like Unilever who publicly report that their sustainable brands are growing at twice the rate of the rest of their portfolio and delivering more than half their growth. So in summary, we can shift corporate mindsets by sharing success stories. It's great to have those positive role models by helping leaders tap into their own personal purpose and what drives that for them. And of course, fear is also a powerful motivator. So the fear of not being able to attract the right talent, mm. the fear of not being able to retain customers, the fear of um, reputation damage, that drives behavior too. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned some of the qualities of a leader here. So if we could narrow that down perhaps to a few of the most important traits of effective purpose-led leaders, what would they be? Well, I always like the quote that, you know, if, if you're a leader, you have to have followers. And I know that um, I like to follow people who lead their own lives well. Mm. 
So I think that's a great starting point. I think purpose-led leaders also need to have empathy. Purpose-led leaders need to have a clear, authentic purpose for their organisation, uh, a clear why, why their organisation exists. And to have a clear purpose, that requires imagination and vision of what might be that's not yet. Purpose-led leaders need the ability to communicate that vision and that purpose effectively. And they also require the talent and discipline for attracting, inspiring and equipping others to execute on that purpose. Mm, very good. So as non-executive director then of the Queensland Music Festival, Danielle, could you please share how you believe music and the creative industries can best be used to empower communities? Certainly. Uh, I might start with the purpose of the Queensland Music Festival, yeah, which great. is quite inspirational and aspirational. Mm. Uh, the purpose is to transform lives and communities through music. Mm. And one of our clients, a, a New York-based organisation, um, Creative Leaps International, their president, John Cimino Jr., says it well when he said, the interplay of perception and belief is a tricky proposition. The arts are built to help us to see differently, to refresh, sharpen and expand our capacity for new perceptions and creative new sense-making. The best leaders do this too, not necessarily by drawing pictures for us, but by helping us to see what no one else sees yet, to see differently and to shed our beliefs that may be blinding us to the future. Now, an example of a project that Queensland Music Festival worked on recently was the You're the Voice project. Mm -hmm. Now, people in Australia would know You're the Voice, the song by John Farnham, probably quite well. Yep. John Farnham gave us permission to use this song. Uh, Sony kindly produced a single uh, of the song with artists such as Kate Sobrano, Katie Noonan, Isaiah, Troy Cassadaly and mm -hmm. Archie Roach and Montaigne. And all the funds from that song were donated to DV Connect. The project culminated with community choirs from all around the, the country tuning in live with a live feed to a live performance led by Jonathan Welsh, the, the, uh, the guy behind the Choir of Hard Knocks, mm -hmm. uh, leading a choir singing this song in the, in the South Bank Piazza to raise awareness for domestic violence in Australia and to raise funds for it. So I guess that's a great example of how music, being a universal language, was able to reach the hearts and minds of many, to mm. shine a spotlight on a, a difficult social issue yeah. um, and give voice to that issue. So mm. I think that's a great example. It's an inspirational initiative and I read about it in the newspaper just a week or two ago. Mm. So it's great timing. Danielle, you have a really nice diverse range of experience. So what are some of your favourite tools or processes that you use with leaders to help them turn their challenges into opportunities? Mm. Well, there's a, you know, lots of things have influenced my thinking over the years and you know, both experience and reading and, yep. and study um, and ongoing research, conversations with lots of different people and mm. obviously we learn from every project. Yep. We always like to start with the purpose mm. and why an organisation exists. We've, we've built some IP around what makes a good organisational purpose. Mm. Uh, so we, we do follow that process, but we actually start even one step before that around value creation. And um, so we've, we've built a value creation matrix, yep. uh, which essentially answers the questions for that organisation. How do we create value and for whom mm -hmm. 
and how might we create value mm. and for whom. So essentially that's a, a, a stakeholder mapping exercise with a value creation focus. Yep. As I said, fear can sometimes be a really powerful motivator. Yep. So we've also built a, a framework around revenue resilience to help organisations protect or grow their revenue streams whilst they're simultaneously being under threat. Mm. So that exercise is basically one that helps an organisation identify which threats may be relevant to their revenue stream mm. so that they can then proactively design around yep. those. Yep. We also have a model around innovation latency to help organisations identify where it is in the innovation process that they're losing time or speed or mm -hmm. capacity. And I'm quite a fan of Susan Scott's work on fierce conversations mm. because you can have the best strategy, uh, but if you don't have uh, robust and respectful conversations happening within an organisation, um, it can all fall down. Yeah, so we, we often refer to her models as well. Yeah, fantastic. There's some really great tools in there. So to finish off then, Danielle, could you please recommend a few great books or articles that you think would inspire our listeners? I mean, you mentioned Michael Porter's article as, as a great one. Yeah. I'm sure there's, there's some other great resources well, in there. Absolutely. How much more time do we have? <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> well, um, yeah, absolutely. Michael Porter's article on creating shared value, which he co-authored with Mark Kramer in 2011. One of the strong early influences on my thinking um, back in the 90s was The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by mm, Stephen Covey. It's, it's an book. oldie but a goodie. Yeah. My favourite book for this year so far has been Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel mm. Kahneman. Highly recommend that one. Yeah, it's been recommended a few times now. So yeah. it should be on that, on that list. Yeah. Um, in terms of thinking about purpose and conscious capitalism, you, you can't overlook Start With Why by Simon Sinek, uh, Conscious Business by Fred Kaufman, anything by Raj Sisodia, his Firms of Endearment, Conscious Capitalism. Mm. Um, the Power of Intention by Wayne Dyer, Wayne Dyer, I should say. Purpose Economy by Aaron Hurst. People with Purpose by Kevin Murray. Uh, book title with the same name as our business. Yep. Um, and The Purpose Effect by Dan Pontefract is also good. But I would like to just say, please keep a lookout for our book, um, which we hope to release next year on purpose-led strategy and innovation mm. as well. That's really exciting to hear, Danielle. Yeah. Well, that's a fantastic list there. I'll stick them in the article below. There is some really, really nice insights that you've shared today, Danielle. Thanks so much for sharing your time and your experience, and we'll look forward to touching base with you again in the future. Thanks, Tom. Likewise. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people, and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.